Every snap is an interview. After the snap. What a snap. And keep your mouth shut, 50! I lead by example. With Blake and Reed Ferguson discussing life in, out, and after football. To be able to leave walking away with a degree and a championship, uh, it couldn't be any better. Yeah! Well, you can take this boy out the real south, but you can't take the real south out of my voice. And now here we go again, twist a little bit deeper because you got thick skin. So, I'm moving. I'm in the process of moving this week. I, uh, I have a new place that I'm moving into, and I've been packing up all my stuff. And in the process of packing up all my stuff, I found my national championship rings. And I didn't want them to be packed in the Not boxes. Not locked away? I didn't want them to be packed in the boxes because I, I have movers coming to move my items. And inevitably, there will be at least one box that does not make it there. I hope that's not the case, but it will. So I'm sitting here looking at my national championship rings, and it just brightened the mood on this evening at which we're recording. How are you doing? Is that a humble brag because I didn't win one when I was there? It's just a brag. I'll tell you what. I do have a ring from my time at LSU. Can you guess what it's for? Uh, I think I know what it is. Wasn't from it, a bowl game? Wasn't it the Outback Bowl? The Outback Bowl, in which I think we beat uh, Iowa in Tampa Bay. Yes. Um. It rained. Yeah, it we got rain. We got a like ring for that. It rained for like four days. At, uh, like yeah, I think trip. our our record after the game was like nine and four. So wow. that's that, that deserved a ring. That, I mean, I'm jealous though. You have a natty. You have a national championship championship ring, and I don't. So. I'm pretty sure uh, you can hold that over my head for, and you got drafted, so you can hold both of those things over my head for the rest of our lives. I'm pretty sure Texas A&M got a ring when they beat us in seven OTs. Pretty sure they did a ring for that. Troy probably did too a couple years back, but they put that's the, none of my business. They put the score on their cups for their like souvenir cups, like the next season. Oh, mm-hmm. I remember. I remember. Unbelievable. I remember. Unbelievable. How was your weekend? I was good. I watched Sands packing. I watched the uh, UFC fights. That was fun. Um, okay. I watched that with some teammates, and who I, I did lots uh, of. Was it? I did lots of packing. Anybody um, notable? So Nate Diaz is probably the biggest name, um, and then there were two. Heard of him? There were two championship fights after them, but it wasn't anybody I'd heard of. I don't really keep up with UFC, so. They could have been like the biggest names in UFC right now, but if it's not McGregor or like Poirier, 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 yeah. I don't know how you say it. Um, Lafayette's finest, by the way. Uh, I do know that about him. Anyway, okay. if it's not those two, I don't really know who they are. So the w- watching them was fun. Mom will get mad at me for that because she's not a not a UFC person, but that's okay. No, she's not. What about you? What I'll you tell you what I. I, uh, I, I, well, every time UFC is brought up, it makes me think about, uh, the beginning of my business savvy spirit of mine, uh, in college, it was for the Mayweather Pacquiao fight. And I think it was, I don't know, we had, we were, we were paying for cable at the time, but it was like a hundred bucks. We had a nice, nice living room space. It was the talk of the town. So I figured, Hey, why not? You know, if I'm, if, if I'm going to watch this 
and I have other friends that want to watch it, I should charge a cover charge. Let it pay for itself. You say talk of the charge, town. You say talk of the town as it if was, we lived it was in like the most of, podunk little like redneck. No, town. it was it was the talk of of the sports world. I mean, it was yes. a huge fight. Yes. So I charged people, uh, you know, twenty bucks to come in, uh, and I made I made more than enough money to pay for it, and people had a good time. Did you have so refreshments? Made a little cash on the side. So that was the that was the beginning of my entrepreneurial spirit. Yeah. So uh, my my weekend was good. Um, the I guess the notable piece from my weekend was uh, taking a trip up to Niagara. Niagara Falls this weekend. We went on, uh, let's see, sat- uh, so we went on Saturday uh, afternoon. Uh, it was Blakely's first time uh, in Niagara. She had a blast. She hit two months on Friday. So uh, to celebrate her two months, we went up to Niagara uh, with Erica's friend who flew in uh, for the weekend to visit. But yeah, that was, that was a good time. Always fun to take that trip up to the falls. Uh, and I also, so uh, as, as many of you know, this is our uh, mini camp week uh, for most teams oh, around the NFL. So after this, we're we're mo- you know most most teams will be off for the summer. I know rookies normally have some some stuff the week after, but they usually go uh, for like most, another week, right? Yeah, most guys will be off uh, for summer uh, summer break, summer vacay, whatever you want to call it, until we have to report back for training camp. So. The big thing that uh, I did was I decided to book a little road trip. To? So we're going to visit Erica's family in Houston, and she's flying down before me. And myself, along with uh, our good friend Brett, we, myself and Brett will be uh, a loyal, listener, a loyal listener of our podcast, loyal, by the way. Loyal after the snap subscriber. We will be trekking down to Houston starting Friday. So for uh, some people who know me, know that I am, uh, well, Blake too, but we are big baseball fans. Uh, Yankees for me, Red Sox for Blake and our dad. And Braves for all three uh, But one, Yeah, Braves for all three. Uh, so one of the big things I am aiming to do in my lifetime is hit uh, games and watch games at all 30 parks. Now, since I've started this list, a few parks uh, have been built, brand new. Going uh, going this weekend, Friday night, I will hit Wrigley in Chicago. So that'll be a new one on my list. And Sunday on Father's Day, I will be uh, we, we will trek our way down over the weekend down to Dallas uh, to see the, uh, Globe Life Park, I believe, is the new Ranger Stadium, which is supposed to be top notch. So, awesome. uh, with those two stadiums, I should be at uh, fourteen stadiums, I believe, out of thirty, uh, but seventeen in total because the old Turner Field, the old Yankee Stadium, and the old ballpark at Arlington for the Rangers. I've been to all three of those. Uh, but they are currently not in use anymore. So uh, I think I'm at 12, 13 at the moment uh, and putting those putting those two this weekend, which I'm super excited about, both of them. Obviously, Wrigley is very historical in its own right. That's a bucket list item uh, for anybody, uh, non-baseball fans included. But uh, to, to, to be able to go on Sunday to the new Ranger Stadium, I'm very much looking forward to that. 
that was the highlight of my weekend was uh, being able to talk through that with Brett because I, lo- I love road trips personally, and Brett does too because he's done a lot of driving in his day. So shout out to producer Chris who uh, has been to two trips with me uh, while we were living together a couple years ago. We went to uh, Pittsburgh to PNC Park, which is my personal favorite, and Cleveland. The one thing about the uh, the Pittsburgh trip, that's where you found out that Peanuts and Coke existed. That's exactly right. Bro, that's like a that's, southern, I had no idea that was a thing. That's a, no, su- that's no a southern staple. I know. What? I had no idea. Had you, know no idea. you know what's so, funny? So do you remember Coach McCroskey from Buford? Yes. Yes. He used to put the – so he was uh, one of our – for those listening, he was the wide receivers coach at Buford, our high school, when we went there. And he was from East Tennessee, just like our dad and grandparents. He used to put uh, peanuts in his Coke in uh, like PE class. And everybody was like, what? What? That's so weird. But he was like, it's a, it's a Southern thing. You don't get it until you do it. And then once you do it, you do it for the rest of your life. So – Personally, I've actually never tried it, but I'm going to try at some point. Yeah, so I was just saying producer Chris uh, has gone with me on two trips. Uh, We went to PNC Park in Pittsburgh and uh, Cleveland uh, Progressive Field. Or no, that's not Progressive Field. Um, Forget Progressive Field used to be uh, the White Sox maybe, but they changed it. I can't remember. Anyway, we went to Cleveland a couple years ago and went through a little bit of a rain delay, if you remember Chris. And, uh, but it was great. We got that. It is progressive field. Progressive field. Okay. That's what I thought. Yeah. So yeah, we, we got, we, we kind of did both trips in a day, which was kind of wild, uh, driving, driving back home late. But, uh, anyway. That Cleveland game was fantastic because we got to see the Astros. Yes. Pre, pre scandal Astros. Yes. That's right. That's that's exactly right. Were they in the middle? Were they in the middle of a scandal? Was that the, was that the season? That they were. That would have been in um, spring of seventeen, Chris. That was the season, right? Yeah, seventeen, eighteen. That was. Yeah, it was seventeen. That was the year that they. No, it was eighteen, I believe, when we went to Cleveland, uh, because I remember watching the uh, Champions League final uh, in that soccer bar, and Real Madrid were playing. I think that was the last year they made it. Was the spring of eighteen, so. Uh, anyway, but uh, but side note, I will be in attendance tomorrow, even though this podcast is releasing on Thursday. I will be in attendance for the Buffalo Blue Jays and New York Yankees game tomorrow night, Wednesday night in Buffalo. Very much looking forward to that. Uh, have not been to a Blue Jays game there yet, but have been to uh, a couple of the Bisons games uh, over the years. So very cool stadium. Definitely looking forward to that. But uh, let's get on with uh, our topic for tonight. This was something that uh, was probably one of the most highly recommended or highly sought after topics, uh, in my opinion, from what we got back from the uh, from the listeners on Twitter, Instagram, uh, family, friends, people who, who you know before we first before we even started the podcast. This was one thing that people were so interested in because uh, to hear from our point of view, because of the security and really, 
the kind of the behind the scenes aspect to it. And that's really the, and, it, and, and that that's really, I think the interesting part that people want to hear. And it's, it's the game day mentality and our routine of, of kind of how we go about prepping for a game. And, and, and in my mind, I know, uh, you know, you saw my, my show notes for tonight, but uh, I did it as if I was prepping for a home game just because I could get a little more specific on some of the details, but yeah, that, that was, that's what we're going to cover this week. So Blake, um, as you're prepping for a home game, you know, after Friday practice, you wake up Saturday going, you know, Saturday afternoon, you have some time off. What are you, what are, what are some things you're looking forward to doing to kind of get in your game game day rhythm uh, on Saturday night? I'll walk, kind of walk you through just Saturday in general. Saturday morning-ish, we usually have walkthroughs. That's really the last time we are like together on the field as a team before we play the game. And then we have some time, middle of the day, and then we reconvene in the evening for like Saturday night meetings. And so in that between time, for the home games at least, I spent um, seven out of eight of those here at home with mom and dad because they were able to come to seven of the eight home games last year, which I was felt very fortunate for. And so spent that, spent that time with mom and dad, just watching college football and hanging out. Then I go in for meetings. And then after that, I just go straight to the hotel. I have my, I have my bag packed already and it's in, you know, waiting for me. So I go to the hotel, I swing by, uh, I swing by Chick-fil-A on my way there because that's kind of my tradition, which I know comes as a shock is to have uh, Chick-fil-A the night before a home game and uh, when possible to get it delivered on the road. That's a little bit more difficult or that was a little bit more difficult last year because of COVID. But yeah, I have that when I immediately arrive at the hotel I go to my room, turn on whatever big SEC game is on or whatever game is on that weekend, and just kind of hang out in my room, chill, decompress from the week, and per- sort of get mentally prepared for the following day. So then I'll make my way back down to the cafeteria area at the hotel. The hotel always has food for, for the guys for dinner and stuff. So I kind of make my way down there, see some of the guys and hang with them for a little bit. And then I'm back up in my room for bedtime. Basically I, I may watch, you know, the end of another game mandatory. So last week, I believe it was last week. I mentioned the bloody knuckles this week. Mandatory is some sleep. Some sleep is a melatonin drink that I drink. And again, not sponsored ad, but it is something that I swear by and love. I grab one of those. They have those for us, uh, NSF certified. That's that means we can take them without failing a drug test. <laughs> uh, and then Thanks usually, for the clarification. yes. Uh, so I drink that. Uh, I'll take a shower and then read for a little bit and then go to bed because those things usually put me out. Is there one thing like how how dialed in do you like to be? Saturday night. Are you, no, I'm, you I'm more loose. on the chill side or are you more I'm game loose. day prep? I'm loose Saturday night. I, I, 
I feel like the week the week of preparation is so long and just like intensive that you have to have time to just relax and decompress before you actually play the game on Sunday or Monday or whenever you're playing. So I usually take that time to let my brain relax and not really think about football, even though I'm watching college football. I don't think about the football game until Sunday morning. It's, you know, I wake up and, and I'm, I'm rock and roll and ready to go. Uh, I'll let you, I'll stop there and I'll let you kind of talk through your Saturday night routine because I know that you have, you do some, some things similar, but also have a couple of things that you may not do. That's kind of unique to you. My Saturday night routine, I would say, and the reason I asked that was because I, 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 I'm pretty sure we're, you know, on the same page as far as how we treat our Saturday nights, you know, after we are snappers. So we obviously don't take as big of a beating as some of the guys during the week, especially during the season when pads are involved, uh, you know, once a week and, you, you know, you're, you're, you're bumping heads for a couple of days. But um, I do thoroughly like to take that Saturday night and, like you said, kind of check out for a little bit. Start, you know, when I, when after, after the afternoon, we get a lot, you know, family time, head back to the facility for dinner. We usually like to eat with punter kicker. Uh, so this year that'll be Matt and Tyler. Uh, and then we go into chapel. Our, my man, Lynn, he always does a great job giving us a great 30-minute session. I forgot to – yes, I forgot to mention. So we do chapel on the front end of our of our evening meetings as well. That That's one thing I look forward to every week because it's, you know, on Sunday mornings during the season we don't get an opportunity to – uh, you know, to, to be at a church for a church service. So one thing I like to do is, is kind of treat that chapel as if it is my 30 minute sermon I'm listening to. And, and that's really how Lynn treats it. I think a lot of guys can, can appreciate that. And, and they feel like they're getting a good, you know, piece to fill their faith uh, cup for the week. Uh, but after chapel, we'll have s- some meetings for 30, 45 minutes, head to the hotel like yourself, I will uh, flip on college football game or, you know, first part of the season. Usually uh, baseball is still on and then October, obviously, into the, into the playoffs. So usually on Saturday nights there is a playoff game going on. So I like to watch those. And then later on in, the, in, in our season, obviously, uh, tune in to uh, if LSU is playing. I tend to watch them as often as I can. Or uh, if there's a big time college football game on, um, I'll flip that on. Uh, usually eat a light snack, a little sandwich, uh, and, and maybe a little scoop of ice cream just to top it off for the night. Uh, and then I, you know, I do like I said, I do like to treat uh, Saturday nights as a, as a as a basically a total chill out mode. But I do just for uh, my mental, you know, just for. You know, my mental sake, I do like to just recap some notes for the week uh, and a little bit of film on the opponent, whoever we might be playing that the next day, uh, just to refresh my memory. So I'm so I'm good to go for Sunday. Uh, and then like yourself, hot shower and uh, basically straight into bed. So, um, you know, really treating that Saturday night as a um, as a peaceful time. Uh, and it was, I, I really, I started to enjoy it more 
two, let's see, two years ago uh, in 2019 when I was able to uh, get my own uh, hotel room uh, because the first couple years of my career, I was buddied up with a roommate and it was just difficult for me. Uh, you know, I, I sleep with white noise, so that kind of gets me in my mood um, to get some great rest. I always felt like I was kind of inconveniencing people, you know, whoever I was kind of made it up with, you know, not everybody, do, you know, listens and, and does kind of, you know, fits into whatever routine I was trying to do. So when I was able to kind of get by myself that I think I feel like that kind of helped my Saturday night kind of get get really dialed in to what to, to the the mood that I was trying to put myself in the mentality that I was trying to reach for Saturday night, kind of checking out as much as possible uh, while still having a little bit of conscious looking forward to Sunday, Sunday afternoon's game, but looking forward to Sunday morning, kind of obviously you wake up, but what kind of walk me through a little bit of, of, of what you do kind of prior to kickoff. I'll kind of talk through like a one o'clock game just because that's the majority of what we play is, is one o'clock early games. I usually am up around 7.15 ish, seven to seven fifteen. And then so I grab a I grab another shower and just so I'm fresh, you know, for the day and and I will get dressed and make my way down to breakfast around eight ish. Uh, I usually will meet up with my boy Brandon Jones at breakfast and then I will head to the stadium around 8:45 so that, that so that I'm there by 9. My goal is on every game day is to always be the first one in the door of the locker room. And I learned that from none Same. other than you. <laughs> I learned that just because the last thing that I want on a game day is to feel rushed or to feel like I don't have enough time to do whatever I need to do before the game, getting there early and, and having that time to take it easy and, you know, get everything in order before we actually start warmups and stuff like that has been very helpful for me. So I get there around nine to get changed out of my, whatever clothes I have on, to go to the stadium your and game, your game day fit, bro. my game day swag. That's an important part that I think you, you, uh, it's an important, uh, important piece of game day for you. I feel like, because it's a Miami thing. Uh, it's, it's you, definitely you are much more. Yeah. They have, you're much more stylistic <laughs> than myself. They, well, they, uh, you kind of have to, and it's like a South Florida, like, you know, the whole thing down here is like, Oh, I hear you. Being super get in where you fit in, bro. So I, I, I mean, I, I like to. I don't have like a designer. I wear the same black pair of jeans usually every week and sneakers and some sort of shirt. I, I change out of that when I get to the stadium and I put on just some shorts and a t-shirt and then I go walk the field. And I always have, even if I have to take it, I take it with me on the road sometimes when I know that they won't have it. Some cranberry juice, cranberry juice in the morning of game day is like my thing. I don't know why it it has been since I was at LSU. So I take that with me and I walk the field with my cranberry juice. It's like the most random thing. 
then I go sit under the goalpost and just listen to my music and hang out there on the field for a little while. Coach Flo usually comes walking in about 15 to 20 minutes into me like sitting out there and he'll give me a, a nod and just a wave and because he's like out there walking the field and, and listening to his music, kind of getting in the zone. I'll head back in and then it's time for warm-ups. There are a couple things that I do have to be mindful of as I'm preparing for the game just because of the nature of being a diabetic. Obviously, I'm, you know, drinking the cranberry juice, which people are going to be like, what in the world? Why are you, why are you doing, you know? So I have to keep a close eye on my blood sugar throughout the morning and warm-ups. And then obviously during the game, I have my continuous glucose monitor that I wear basically all the time and just goes straight to my phone as well as mom's phone up in the stands. And then, you know, like my trainer on the sideline can see it real time. So they know, I know what my blood sugar is doing all the time. And we have snacks on the sideline. We have different things ready if, you know, I were to, if my blood sugar were to drop low or anything like that. But as far as like breakfast and, and the things that I'm consuming in the morning, it's all, it's all very calculated and I have to be very strategic with when I eat those things and the, the amount of, you know, carbohydrates that I put into my body. So I, I eat a meal, uh, obviously at 8am the morning before the ga- uh, the morning of the game for breakfast. And then I have uh, another snack like right before we run out for kickoff, I usually eat like a peanut butter sandwich, something that's got a little more protein and, and, um, will not spike my blood sugar as much during the game. So I usually have that, uh, like right before we run out. Do you do, um, I know this is, this is a topic around that that's kind of gained momentum, if you will, uh, around a lot of sports figures over the past couple of years, but, uh, do you do any kind of like visualization uh, techniques or anything like that? Something that I, I do that I didn't mention like the night before is that really the really the only time like the night before that I spend thinking about ball is when I finish reading my book and I'm like literally f- falling asleep. I, I am running through those play, those uh, like – three or four important punt rushes or three or four important things that I need to hone in on for the next day's game. That's I, I put my head on the pillow and I close my eyes and I'm, I'm running through those and doing them well, running through doing them well in my brain. That's the majority of the quote unquote visualization that I do. I'm not, I'm not like super intentional about that because I, I've, you know, I'd, I haven't spent a whole lot of time researching it or, or, you know, learning about it, but that's kind of the, the extent of what I do. I, I started doing it before I get into my Sunday morning deal routine deal, but I started doing visualization a couple of years ago. I uh, learned it from Colton Schmidt. Uh, you remember uh, he punted here for, four or five years and he was here when I got here, but he was very much into it. Uh, Hauschka was very much into it. So they were constantly talking about it. And I felt like Colton offered to help me out with it, offered to introduce me a little bit into some of the techniques. So kind of like what you said, you, you, a, a major part of visualizing yourself on game day 
is intentionally visualizing yourself doing those things well, right? It's not just like, okay, the snap block, run down and make the tackle, right? It's okay. When I'm, when I get down in my stance, I got to make sure my feet split the, split the hash, right? I got to make sure my toes are, are pointed in, right? So when I get down in my stance, my toes are even, put my hand on the ball, you know, whatever, whatever those deep, super, super detailed aspects of our job are, uh, punts, field goals, you know, even visualizing being on the sideline, right? Because that's, that's where 90% of our game is spent, really, if you think about it, probably more than that. Yeah, that's, that's, that's become a big, a big thing for me to do. Usually I, I do like, like you, I do do a little bit on Saturday night, just as I'm kind of winding down and watching film and stuff. But most of mine is done when I'm walking the field on Sunday morning. So uh, before I get too far into that, really my Sunday morning kicks off. I like to, you know, as I mentioned, you know, as NFL players, we don't get a chance to go to church or, uh, you know, visit a, you know, go to a service on a Sunday morning. So when I wake up, uh, you know, on Sunday morning, I'm up usually around seven, seven fifteen, and uh, just do a, like a little morning prayer and a morning thought time. You know, kind of reflect over, you know, maybe Saturday night's chapel, uh, maybe a devo that I heard or got from a friend, uh, whatever that may be. Just a li- just spend five or ten minutes, kind of collecting my thoughts for the day, uh, and I found that to be super helpful for me. But I uh, usually head to the facility around 7.30, uh, try to get some breakfast. Uh, I think we covered it last week talking about home games, kind of our favorite parts of the weekend. But one of my favorite things to see when I'm driving to the facility is all the fans that are that have beaten me there, including producer Chris and Drew. They, they, they're always in the grass lot by the stadium. But uh, when I drive in, I mean, you know, a couple years ago, I kind of went later. Uh, when I was, you know, rookie, I would come a little later, so I would get caught in a little bit of traffic. Obviously, when we had full stadium, that's that's more of an issue. But last year, it was it was pretty cool just to see some people were waving flags, you know, on the street going into the stadium. Some people, were, you know, just standing out there waving, cheering on, and that should that was just pretty cool, you know, even though people weren't allowed to come in, but uh, they were still showing their support. So. Head to the facility around 7.30, get there, you know, around 8 o'clock. I uh, like to hang out, just eat some breakfast. I try I try to eat. Uh, we have like a conference room upstairs. I, I try to I, – I like to spend a good part of my morning uh, before pre-warm-up time uh, by myself, just alone, you know, kind of by myself collecting my thoughts. So uh, I just – I like to find a, an, like the empty conference room, eat my breakfast in there, and just kind of enjoy the morning when I'm kind of doing that. I'll like to listen to any kind of music that kind of wakes me up and gets me alert, classic rock hard, you know, hard country, Brantley Gilbert, you know, anything like that, that'll kind of get, get the juices flowing a little bit, waking me up for having a great day. So I uh, normally head down to the stadium around nine or shortly after uh, that usually puts me uh, and or Mitch Morse, as one of the first two guys in the locker room, I try to beat him. Sometimes he beats me, uh, but usually it is one of the two of us uh, that's first down there. But I'll go through a little stretch routine, 
uh, with my man Tabani. He's one of our trainers. He does a great job. Uh, but he'll just give me a quick little stretch out. Uh, and then I'll go down and walk the field. I'll do one lap around the field with my fresh, hot cup of coffee. If you remember last year, Blake, when you all visited, uh, we, we were out there walking around together for a little bit. That's kind of where I do a good bit of my visualization uh, for game day is walking around the field, you know, thinking about, okay, backed up punts, you know, going in, uh, field goals, you know, extra points from each side of the field, whatever that may be. I like to visualize, you know, running out from the from the sideline and kind of doing that. Now I'll, I'll be, you know, whenever I walk the field, I do like to listen to my man, uh, Chris Stapleton. He gets me in a groove. Uh, so when I come back in, uh, it's usually usually around 9.30, 9.45. I'll flip on uh, and just hang out at my locker. I'll flip on uh, whatever soccer match is on. Usually try to watch some Premier League on on. On Sundays, uh, that gets me kind of chilled out, kind of a little, a little relaxed, if you will, for game day. Uh, and then at around 10, 30, 30, 30, 40 minutes before we go out uh, for warmups, I will do my uh, my long stretch routine. Many people have asked me over the years what my favorite music to listen to on game day, and this is it. When I'm doing my long stretch routine before warmups. Lord. And for those of you who are unfamiliar, I encourage you to check her out. L-O-R-D-E. Her famous song a couple years ago. I don't even listen to it anymore, but Royals, I believe was the, uh, was the name of her like hit song. I usually try to listen to some of her, some of her music off her newer albums. Uh, it, it's, 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 it's super weird. I will admit that. Uh, but it, it kind of it, it really calms me down, calms me down and gets me into the right mentality uh, for game day. Warmups are around 11:15 is when we go out to get started with um, with Matt and, or well, this year will be with Matt and uh, and then Tyler kicking field goals and then Matt's punting kind of as the rest of the team comes out a little later. So uh, then kickoffs uh, you know a shade after one o'clock. So. That's kind of a little background on our mentality and kind of our routine that we try to stick to on game day. I've, I, I've got it almost down to the minute, I think, just because I've been doing it for a couple of years now. My Saturday night and game day routine for morning – or for not morning, but for early and, not, and, and late games is, is pretty much like clockwork, which you know helps me – stay stay pretty pretty groovy on game day let's move into some short snaps shall we short snaps snip snap snip snap snip snap all the news that's fit to kick so starting off short snaps this week we had a big weekend huge in the football world and no i'm not talking about american football i am talking about the euros let's euros and yes it is year 2021 but because of COVID last year, the Euros got pushed to this year. So uh, they are still calling it Euro 2020. Uh, starting on Friday, Italy uh, kicked it off uh, with a big win. Uh, they were kind of they were the only game on Friday, but they got to play, uh, I believe, in their in one of their home home country stadiums. Uh, but throughout the weekend, uh, most of the big name teams won. A lot of teams at the top of the FIFA rankings, Belgium. 
won, England won, and just recently today, uh, France beat Germany. As yeah, well did, Portugal, did you get a chance to watch Portugal uh, any also of the beat Euros? Hungary. That's right. Portugal also won. I think Ronaldo had a couple goals. Yep. Uh, even though Messi is better, Messi's doing his thing down in the Copa America. Uh, but we will not get into that today. Did you have a chance to watch any of the any any of the Euros over the weekend? I did. I actually watched most of those that were that you listed. The Bel- I watched the Belgium game, watched the England, Spain. I watched for a little bit, which was pretty disappointing. There, I also watched the. Denmark-Finland match, which was really sad uh, when it actually ended up getting post uh, suspended and then uh, they ended up finishing it later. But uh, for those who have not heard or don't know, uh, Christian Eriksen, a Danish uh, player, was... Former Tottenham Hotspur, yes. current uh, Inter Milan. Inter Milan, yes. Um, player collapsed basically collapsed on the field and later they found out that he actually had a he went into cardiac arrest literally on the field it was weird watching watching I believe it, it live. was right before halftime wasn't it it was it was in the 43rd minute it was weird watching it live because yeah. it literally he literally like received the ball and was like going to make a going to make a play and just collapsed like it was so odd, and it took it took a while for them to figure out what was going on. Nobody really knew. The, the The announcers didn't know, obviously. Come to find out later, he went into cardiac arrest, and they were able to revive him. But he literally – they said he literally, like, died on the field, and they were able to revive him with the um, defibrillator. They, they did it one time, did the, like, jolt of uh, electricity, and, and he was able to come, come back and, and just – amazing amazing work that by the trainers and the and the medical staff to be able to save his life literally on that field but i watched so i watched that match and then i watched um most of the france germany game today very nice yeah i watched a little bit of the france uh germany game obviously those that was probably the biggest biggest matchup of match week of, of match day i guess match day one uh, from Friday to today, but France came out on top. There was another goal called back from VAR uh, by Mbappe. Just a class goal. It was sick. Uh, curled it right in off the post, uh, but he was just a shade, I believe, offside, uh, which didn't count. So I don't know how you feel. I hate seeing games won or lost 1-0 off of own goals. Yeah, uh, just doesn't sit right with me, but uh, it was a pretty tight game. Obviously, France and Germany, two historical powerhouses. But got some good ones coming up this week. Denmark-Belgium will be a great game on Thursday. Uh, and I believe England and Scotland play on Friday. I think that's the late game on Friday. So that's that's a big one to, uh, big one to listen to or to, to look forward to. Next thing I wanted to bring up and probably more – relatable to a lot of our listeners is the update on the college football playoff. The fact that it might be, or it's looking likely that it will be increasing from four to 12 teams. Do you have an opinion on that? Have you seen that kind of, what are are your thoughts on a 12 team playoff? I don't hate it. I think, I don't either. I think that they 
should have. I, I know that it was. It would have been very hard to start out the college football playoff from the very beginning as a larger playoff, and so I think that the goal all along was to start at four and then and then expand it because I know Commissioner Sankey with the SEC has been pushing for it for a while. So I don't hate it. I think that the idea of eight of the teams being uh, like regular playoff teams and then four of the teams being first round buys is it's, I I think it's a really good idea. You have your top four, they get the first round buy, which is like the four playoff teams now. And then the other eight are basically play in teams. I, I think it's a good concept. And I think that, it's a good number. I think if you did any bigger than that, then it would it would just be a nightmare headache to put on. I, it's already going to be just crazy uh, amount of you know operational work by behind the scenes to put that on. But I, I think that the, I think that twelve is a good number. I think if they did any bigger than that, then it's just going to be too much. What do you think? I agree. I think twelve is is the perfect. I, I think eight. Or twelve was kind of where people thought it would land I had, a couple I years had ago when mind. it got yeah when it got first passed. But uh, I always thought four was too small, just because you really you really seclude a lot of a lot of the better teams because most year I mean we both know most years there's one two maybe three top teams you know spots three four, you know, kind of through eight or nine are all really, really good, you know, kind of rounding out the top 10. So I think giving more of those teams a shot because, I mean, you see it every year, you know, seven beats three, nine beats two, you know, 12 can beat six, you know, it, it's, it happens every year. Up, upsets happen. That's why we love, love the sport of college football, but giving those, giving those teams a chance uh, to, to win a couple more games and, and pull some upsets, I think is only going to be better for the sport. Obviously, it brings in a ton of money for the schools, uh, and I can only imagine what a home college football playoff would be uh, Saturday night in Death Valley. But different story for a different day. Uh, overall, I think the twelve, you know, moving to a twelve-team playoff would be a great move. I see a lot of pros, not a lot of cons. I think it'll only be good for allowing those really good teams, like I mentioned, a spot at the table to play one or two or three more games uh, to finish their season. So uh, moving on, you want to drink some beer? Lord, beer me strength. Bros and Brews Beer Reviews. I think this beer that I have might be my favorite named beer that I will have reviewed up to this point. I am sitting here with the what you got? Cigar City Brewing Company's Florida Man Double IPA. I say that because that sounds great. I am a huge fan of reading the Florida Man headlines. There was a trend like two years ago where you like look up your birthday and then I know exactly you what ser- you're about to you talk Google about. search your birthday with Florida man in the Google search. And it pulls up like the most random Florida man headline ever. And so that's like my, one of my favorite things to do. And they made a beer about it. 
So uh, this is Cigar City Brewing Company's Florida Man Double IPA. Uh, Cigar City Brewing Company is actually out of Tampa, but I felt like this was very fitting for anywhere in Florida, obviously. And it's a says it's an unpredictable varieties of hops used in nearly criminal volumes, but um, combined to create a bold citrusy double IPA brewed to pay tribute to the world's worst superhero, Florida Man. Let's get a crack. While you are opening and sipping, I will enlighten the listeners as to what happened on each of our birthdays with the Florida man. Please do. For my birthday, March 24th, says Florida man gets arrested for eating pancakes in the middle of an intersection. Is that illegal? Is that illegal? I I have no idea. I'm assuming he was holding up traffic, so they gave him a ticket. I hope he was. That would be amazing. And on your birthday, April 21st, Florida man gets gets, gets arrested for trying to pull over an undercover cop. I mean, you literally cannot make this stuff up. That wins. You can't make this stuff up. If I had a million guesses as to what somebody could get arrested for, eating pancakes in an intersection or pulling attempting to ticket a cop yourself probably wouldn't be at the top of the list. But anyway, what um, you got? Do you have a snapocity score for for Florida Man beer there? It's a good double IPA. Very, very hoppy. Very bitter. And those who listen regularly know that I'm a bitter, hoppy IPA fan, as is my older brethren, bearded brethren. I'm going to give this one a... I'm going to give it an 8-1. Just because I, I prefer... So I prefer... Regular IPAs, double IPA gets it gets a little a little strong for my taste. I usually prefer either an IPA or a hazy IPA, but this one's good. This one's this one's very good. Um, just not exactly my like number one preference. So eight one, I still feel like is a very uh, good score. I just. Like I always say, eight five or higher. I'm going to stand by whether you like it or not. Uh, eight one. No, I give it. I, I I give it a good score. Sure. So hopping into the mailbag while you sip. So hopping into the mailbag for the week, we got some uh, some good questions. Uh, first one from uh, Instagram, I believe, at uh, Alex Rose uh, asks. What do you think is the best moment of your career so far? I think the national championship has to be the number one moment of my career. I think that's number one. And then probably the game-winning field goal at Jordan-Hare in 2018 where Cole Tracy walked it off is probably number two. That's a close second. 
But like I yeah, think that, that I think the national championship options. I think the national championship is by default the number one. But if like if I had not won the national championship, it would number one would far and away be the Auburn field goal. What's yours? Definitely. Um, I would say we've had we we've had some great moments here in Buffalo. Definitely, I, I would say the best moment of my career. Probably, it's a it's a it's a tie. I think it's a, well, maybe not a tie, but top two that come to mind here. One A and one B. One A, one B. I think would be breaking the drought uh, in 2017, the 19-year playoff drought. That was uh, just an incredible experience. Um, I think, and, and I think one B is probably winning the division this year, uh, just because it had been a long time since we did that as well. Those two. Moments, and then obviously we had a couple fake field goal attempts that that were successful in college. Those are great moments uh, to to win those games. Uh, a couple game winning field goals at LSU. We had I think we've had one, uh, one maybe two uh, here in Buffalo since I've been snapping. So uh, you know, lots to choose from. But I think I think I'd have to say breaking the drought. And then winning the division last season probably t- take the cake. But uh, moving on, Robert G twenty one oh five asks, "Why is it called a safety when you're tackled in your own end zone?" And I put this one on here because not not because well I don't really have an answer to his question. So but it, but it prompted my thought into really just a complaint about the worst rule in football the touchback rule yes when you fumble into the end zone and it and the other team takes yes. possession that it is widely regarded as the worst rule in football and 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 it has cost teams games i'm not going to get into that it is the worst rule in football everybody everybody agrees yeah it's terrible it's it, it makes it no does, sense. Yeah, it does not make a whole lot of sense. But I've on At I've worst, been on the you know I've been on the positive side of several of those, so I I won't hate on it too much. I've fortunately I've never dealt with fumbling out of the end zone, but I can imagine that that would be a tough pill to swallow when it does happen to you. Yeah, I mean, at worst, you know, if I was on the rules committee, I think the logical thing would be. To kind of do like, if you're playing 21, right, on the court, and you're at 20 points, right, and you're about to you're about to win, got to score one, hit, can't score two. Hit, you hit a two pointer, go back right? to 15, right? You go back to 15, right? If you're if the team fumbles out of the end zone, give give them. I don't care where they came from. Give them the ball back at at max the 20. If they were inside that, you know, if they were inside the twenty, maybe take them back to whatever yard line they started to play on, right? The five yard line. If you dove across and fumbled it, okay, you get next down, but you get the ball back at, at the original uh, line of scrimmage. I just, I, I just, I sorry, uh, Robert G twenty one oh five. I apologize. That is not an answer to your question. We do not have an answer to your out, question. But I, re- I, I, yeah, I honestly don't know why. Why is it called a safety when? when you're in your own end zone giving up points. But 
next question, uh, loyal listener at finfan for life 91 Shout out. He asks, would you rather have no beer or no raising canes for the rest of your life? I think this question almost brought a tear to my eye. Yeah, why would why would Fin Fan for Life ninety one want to put us in a situation like that? So that's, that's tough. That's just that's tough. evil. I think I, I have think... to go with I think I have to go with no beer because Canes is just like a spiritual moment. Like it is like heaven sent food. Our producer is laughing at us, but producer Chris is laughing so hard at us. But he knows though, because he's well, he face, knows his face is as red as he his knows, shirt. But he's a he's a he's a loyal Zaxby's guy. Tough. Yeah, I got I got Zaxby's in my two spot for chicken. Raising canes three, but I will say the three. one time I had raising canes was the day after was a day after a concert in Columbus, Ohio. So I was hungover on my way home. I had already had Waffle House in the morning, and then I stopped in the afternoon on my way back to Buffalo and had Raisin but Canes. It was pretty it good. Deserves a second chance. I still go. It Zaxby's. deserves a second chance. Yeah, I, I would probably go. Um, no, no beer as well, just because Canes, as unhealthy as it is, it does provide some nutritional value. So that that was the one thought that went through my head, but I can jump on board with the uh, spiritual experience when you have canes, yes. and I, I, I'm probably going to have one of those spiritual experiences when I eat it. You know, here when when I when I head down to Texas this summer, because uh, there is not one close to close to Buffalo. But so that wraps up this week's podcast. We hope you enjoyed. Uh, as always, be sure to like and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you uh, intake your podcast feeds. Uh, as always, we love to read the, uh, the reviews uh, when, we, when we get to those each week. And as always, uh, keep sending in those great mailbag questions. We will try to get uh, to the best ones every week. You can follow us on social media at After the Snap Pod on Instagram and Twitter. We like to give uh, some updates on just different things that we're doing, uh, the beer that we're drinking, things like that. This has been After the Snap, Tales from Two Brothers Who Live Life Upside Down. <laughs>